This is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. Ben Higgins is best known from season 20 of ABC's hit series, The Bachelor. The show led to an enhanced social media platform that he now uses to share what he's most passionate about with others, his faith, his hope for humanity, and his love of sports. Join host Ben Higgins as he sits down with influential thought leaders that discuss topics ranging from faith and music to mental health and racial injustice. Nothing is off limits. Each guest shares personal stories that have shaped their current view on hope, ultimately answering the question, does hope still win? Why or why not? These stories are meant to serve, inspire, and connect us, becoming a better and more hope-filled world together. We invite you to subscribe and follow wherever you listen to podcasts and join the community on Instagram at Hope Still Wins. New episodes release every Tuesday. As I sat down to write this episode, I mentally reviewed a list of struggles and themes I feel like we all struggle with. Well, I was reading in Luke, and as I continued to pray on the topic, I noticed a word that kept cropping up, distraction. So today, instead of recounting one specific story from the Bible, I thought I would tie in several different passages to reinforce this particular topic. Within a few chapters in the book of Luke, I noticed three different references to distractions, as well as the different types of distractions we face. So forgive me if today's episode sounds a bit like bullet points, but for the sake of making each point relatable, I'll also add in a personal note or experience for each. If you're in the mood for a lesson today, you have landed on the right episode. If you're taking notes, here is your first point. God doesn't want you to be distracted by your past. I've never met a person who's an exemption to this, except for maybe newborns because they don't have a past to pull from yet. At some point or another in our lives, we are all guilty of letting our past dictate our choices, define our present, or distract from our future. The end of Luke chapter 9 touches on the cost of following Jesus. To add a little context, people are actually approaching Jesus, asking how to follow Him. Verses 61 and 62 say this, Still another said to Him, Lord, I want to follow You too, but first let me go home and say goodbye to my entire family. Jesus responded, Why do you keep looking backward to your past and have second thoughts about following me? When you turn back, you are useless to God's kingdom realm. Now here's the thing. Every single sentence down to the jot and tittle included in the Bible are included for a reason. So I think it's important to note here that rather than focusing on Jesus' rebuke, this tiny piece is more about the larger lesson that Jesus is pointing out. The past can not only distract you from the future, but remedy you useless to God's kingdom realm. Not only that, but Jesus even says that looking backward on your past can make you have second thoughts about following Him. That's a pretty powerful statement. I can tell you from experience that there are some seasons in my past that, although I'm thankful for how I grew in them, I wouldn't want to keep going back there to that time and that headspace. Dwelling on mistakes, on hurt, on shame, that holds no benefit for you. Let me say it like this. If your mental space is like real estate in your brain, then you are just continually investing in bad lots and you'll never see a return. 
You can't build on them because they're not structurally sound. And what's worse, all that time continually dwelling on the past or investing in those past spaces, that is time being lost on future opportunities. You don't have capacity to carry around both. Furthermore, going back to the past over and over acts as miracle grow for doubt about who you are now and what you're capable of now. Not just now, but on into the future. So that is the first takeaway today. God doesn't want you to be distracted by the past. And listen, if it wasn't important, it wouldn't have been included in the Bible. The next point is this. God doesn't want you to be so distracted by busyness that you miss Him, that you miss seeing how He's speaking and moving in your life, that you miss lessons and moments He has gifted to you specifically. And if you're waiting for a biblical tie-in, here it is. Luke 10, 38-42, the Passion Translation reads, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the Master, absorbing every revelation He shared. But Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guest. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister let me do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. Gosh, if that's not convicting, then I don't know what is. Right there in black and white, Jesus addresses distractions again. Not only that, but He says that Mary being undistracted is a privilege. Now, what if we all saw it that way? That remaining undistracted from the busyness is a privilege. That it's something God wants us to have and doesn't want to take away. I've always loved this story because it is so clear on what Jesus is pointing to as important. And even though we don't necessarily have Jesus at our house in person to host or be attentive to like Martha and Mary, there is still relevance in this story. Allow me to give you a personal example. A few weeks ago, I wrote a small piece on distractions and busyness and the lesson God showed me in it through my five-year-old. In my own words, the story goes like this. I've been reminded in the last few weeks how much we miss by letting the momentum carry us. As much as I hate to admit it, I've been so overwhelmed with life lately that I've rushed through the days with my boys. Bedtime seems to be the only quiet window. Thank goodness for kiddos and their aptitude for picking up on these things. One day last week, I spent the morning cleaning, playing, and juggling the boys until I put Ames down for a nap. The minute I got him down, I headed out the door to take Asher to a checkup. After that, we went to get his hair cut at the mall. By my count, I had been up since 6.30 a.m., and as we walked out of the mall at 2, I was ready for a break. And by break, I just mean a walk around the neighborhood by myself. Asher, on the other hand, was thrilled to have me by himself for the day and declared that we should go on an adventure. He tugged on my hand and told me we could go all over anywhere we wanted. His enthusiasm was contagious. We took pictures in a photo booth, rode the escalator, grabbed cookies, rode the elevator, and played on the kids' playground. 
As we headed out to the car, he told me he was so hungry and he definitely saw a restaurant inside the mall. So we made a U-turn and headed back for a little lunch date. As we sat, I realized it was the first time he and I had been out to lunch together, just as two since he had become a little boy, not just a toddler. He beamed up at me. It dawned on me that my days with my sweet guy are numbered, at least the days where he wants to spend his time with his mama. It broke my heart a little, but in the way that puts a person in check, he always seems to do that, or rather, God does through him. So today, I hope you'll hear this little personal note and take the reminder if you need it. I did. Life, as busy as it gets, is too short to be rushing through. Slow down. Take your littles on a day all to themselves. Put the phone down. Let them tug on your hand. Take the adventure and soak in the time you get. You can't get it back. Thank you, Jesus, for sending sweet reminders. And thank you, Jesus, for the gifts we receive for making room for you. So there's your second takeaway. God doesn't want busyness to distract you from what He has for you. And your final bullet point today is this. God doesn't want you to be distracted by others. Luke 10, 1 through 4, the Passion Translation says this. After this, the Lord Jesus formed 35 teams among the other disciples. Each team was two disciples, 75 in all, and He commissioned them to go ahead of Him to every town He was about to visit. He released them with these instructions. The harvest is huge and ripe, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. As you go, lead with the owner of the harvest to drive out into his harvest fields many more workers. Now off you go. I am sending you out even though you feel as vulnerable as lambs going into a pack of wolves. You won't need to take anything with you. Trust in God alone. And don't get distracted from my purpose by anyone you might meet along the way. I thought this was the perfect point to end on today. Being distracted by the lives of other people may be the most prevalent issue we all deal with. Because of social media, our exposure to others is limitless, and the temptation to compare is just human nature. But God knew that, and He warned against it even in biblical times. Specifically, Jesus said, Don't get so distracted from my purpose by anyone that you might meet along the way. Does it ever just blow you away that the Bible is so timeless? Let me end with this. There was a sermon I heard once that mentioned wearing blinders while you race, putting boundaries in place, so to speak, to help you stay in your lane and pursue the purposes God has for you. I love this. There is too much to distract us from that forward momentum. So often we look around at the race other people run. It may look like a successful business, a ministry, or family life. It may look grander and more exciting than what lies before you. But the fact of the matter is, God gave you your own race to run. It won't look like everyone else's, and it shouldn't. God gives us each giftings and callings that uniquely qualify us to do something only we can. So hold on to that, sweet friends. Put on those blinders and pray for the discipline to fix our eyes ahead. Continue running to Him. Continue speaking and living and loving for Him. Remember that He made you for your race. You were born and chosen to answer the calling God has for you. So run your race, forget the rest, lift your eyes, and chase the purposes He has for you. Today, 
I pray God draws your attention to whatever area of distraction you may be dealing with. I pray that He not only exposes it, but grants the discipline to become undistracted by anything not of Him. I pray He opens the right doors, closes the wrong ones, and gives you the discernment you need to pursue Him. May God remove distraction and replace it with a heart full of expectation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share it with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark.